Hello, everyone, and Merry New Year! Adair and I thought we'd come on here and give it our best horror movies of 2021. Not the ones best critically or in other people's opinion. In our opinion. Because you know what? Our opinions matter, damn it. It may not be the same as everyone else's, but I don't care and we don't care. Darren don't care. Loomis doesn't care. <laughs> it's our opinion. Our best horror movies of 2021. Let's go. Darren, you, we come up with five, right? I mean, because the movies yeah. for horror, I guess, well, movies in general, are few and far between. We were waiting for some movies uh, to come out this year. It got you know, pushed for next year or maybe even two years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some of the stuff that came out were kind of B-rated, but still good. Still good. Yeah, there was, there was some good horrors this year. It... it I had to jog my memory a little bit, so Google helped out. Um, there wasn't as many of those kind of undiscovered gems that you get on, you know, the likes of Apple or Netflix or something like that. I think the ones that I've chosen are kind of more mainstream ones. I think there's one in there that is a Shudder movie, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, but on the whole, they're kind of popular ones that people would have heard of, I think. Yeah, so you know what? I'm going to go with my first one, the one I enjoyed, uh, a good zombie movie uh, from Zack Snyder, and that is Army of the Dead. I thought that was a fun ride and uh, great effects. And you know what? Out of everything uh, that I just said, with it being a fun ride and great effects, I actually cared about the characters in it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. But yeah, no, I thought it was um, a nice kind of companion movie to his Dawn of the Dead film. I do think Dawn of the Dead was better. Um, but with this, I just loved how obscene it was in terms mm-hmm. of Netflix throwing, I don't know, as much money as he wanted at him and telling him to go off and, and you know, make whatever you want. Because uh, that's what it felt like. It, it felt like the, the money was no object. A bit like that kind of Michael Bay film that Netflix did a few years ago. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Six Underground, that was it. Mm. Um, whereas it, it, it was just like no holds barred, and, and you know, which I like. I like the fact that they just let these directors go away and, and deliver their own vision. But we're forgetting how to kind of keep a movie under the two-hour level nowadays, I think. And all these movies are kind of, you know, they're knocking two and a half hours every time. And Army of the Dead was another one which was stupidly long, far longer than it needed to be, but was great fun in the process. There were some great moments. I loved the tiger, even though the CGI was slightly kind Mm -hmm. of dodgy in those scenes. I did really like the tiger sequence. And, and the whole idea of it as well, I thought, was fun. And I hope that he does grow that kind of universe because there's a lot of unanswered questions in there with robot zombies and the like. Um, if you look closely, the, I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos about this. Zombies are getting shot and there's metallic gunshot wounds. Bound, you know, the bullets are bouncing off their heads. You can see, like, metallic under the skin. And, you know, there's, it, it looks like there's more to come with this. So fingers crossed. I don't know what the story was behind one of the actors in there that I think was cancelled when they were in post-production. Correct. And so they went... The helicopter pilot, yeah. The helicopter pilot, yeah. And they they, um, they took on a... Um, it was a female that took on the, on the role of this guy that was cancelled. And, mm-hmm. and you would not know whatsoever. It just She just kind of seamlessly slots into this film. 
and it looks terrific. I, I believed that she was on set all the time. Yeah, and they you actually—I actually like the uh, the friendship duo between uh, the one mercenary and the. Um, well, he wasn't really a mercenary; he was a survivor, uh, and the safe cracker. Yeah, yeah. You know how he the safe cracker sacrificed his life so his new friend could be okay in that safe. Sure, I thought that was yeah. great. I thought that was uh, very, very. Uh, like I, like I said, the, the cast you, you cared about them. Mm. You, care, you cared about them more so than any, that. more so than any other zombie movie. Yeah. Uh, you're, Have you're, you seen the kind of prequel that they brought out to it? Thieves, Army of Thieves, something like that. I can't remember what it was called now. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I know it's out there, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, no. I don't know if I want to. No, uh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but everyone, if you've seen that one, if you've seen the prequel to Army of the Dead. Uh, let us know how it is, because maybe Darren and I will just watch it if everyone says it's pretty good. What's your on your uh, list for top uh, horror movies for you? So number five, I have Spiral. Uh, a lot of people kind of slagged Spiral off. I actually really liked it. I thought I I don't mind Chris Rock in the first place, so that was okay. And also Samuel L. Jackson was in there. Um, Darren Lynn Bowsman has made some great movies over the years. I think he, I think he's kind of one of these. Um, horror directors that's kind of scratching the surface of becoming slightly legendary, but hasn't quite done it. Um, I loved he he did a, a take a remake of Mother's yeah. Day with Rebecca De Mornay a few years ago. I don't know if you saw that. That was a tough movie, um, and and one that, which I really enjoyed. And so Spiral, you know, I loved the the traps in this one. I loved the twist ending. Um, it was more of the same, but I thought it was done better than a lot of the other versions of Saw. So I did quite enjoy it. I thought it was okay. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but um, it's on my list. Uh, Something tells me it's a lot more gritty. I I didn't think it was any more sort of violent or um, worse than any of the other movies in terms of the gore content or the violence. I thought it was just on a par with all the others. I think there's only so far you can go with these Mm -hmm. films, but there were more elaborate traps in there, I think. Not necessarily as, like I say, as gory as the others in some instances, but some that really, really make you cringe. Um, So, yeah, no, I was happy with it. I just thought it was decent. I thought it was a good entry, and it's a shame that it came out around the time of, you know, where everybody was kind of just coming back to cinemas, and it didn't do as well as they hoped, and, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, the ending leaves it open for more, but it doesn't quite look like that's going to happen, unfortunately. But Mm. who knows? Who knows? You never know. There's always life after cinema, right? Yeah. always rental and... (laughs) Rental? This is an area I don't want to get into. Moving on. My next one uh, on my list uh, is going to have to be a movie that was controversial when it first came out. A a movie which people had high high expectations for, but then lost the message of it. And it's a movie you you shouldn't have to look at the previous movies to form your own opinion about it but it's a good movie and it's Candyman okay I thought Candyman was a good movie I separated it from what I expected learning from what the of learning from what I've seen of Tony Todd's uh, versions of those um, and 
it had a decent story. It made me uncomfortable. Right. Which which I think that's the message. Yeah, I've, uh, I've not had a chance to watch it yet. I do have it, so I am going to watch it soon. Um, maybe that would have made my list. I just haven't got around to watching it. I have heard really mixed on it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too, I guess, woke for your liking? No, I don't, I don't think I was. I don't think it was uh, woke for me. Um, I turned everything off. I turned off opinions of the outside world. I turned off reviewers' uh, opinions of it. And you know what? And I had a fun time with it. Okay. And as uh, Lee McCoy said on his channel, you have to. It's a. It's the original movie. The original two movies was a movie about racism, hmm. a, a, about bigotry. All that. So I don't see why there's so much, uh, you know, high opinions and being offended and being thinking that it's woke. I don't see that. You know, movies are supposed to change your mind, not change your mind, but maybe give you an open mind to different beliefs and different systems of our culture. Or maybe you're just going to have to have a fun time in watching it. (laughs) Imagine that concept, having fun at a movie. Uh, but for me, Candyman, I actually liked it. I thought Candyman was fun in 2021. It That's was a good. good movie. I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm glad for you. I I'm should watch it. <laughs> no, I know because you. I know that some people really got on their high horse about yeah. about this movie, and and uh, like I say, I can't comment too much because I'm yet to watch it. But some people were really kind of put off by it, and um, uh, and had strong words to say about it. Um, I've always enjoyed Jordan Peele's stuff, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I think that I will probably like this. Uh, I'd certainly enjoyed all the trailers, um, so I will definitely go into it with an open mind and uh, and hopefully enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, go, yeah, go up there, go in there when you're watching it with an open mind, and you can't, just like with everybody, you can't watch a movie and have people's opinions affect the way you enjoy a film. You have to form sure, your own sure. opinion. You know, it's it's not like going out for, you know, a, you know, test driving a car, and you got the salesman saying, you know, and saying, oh, this is this, this is this, this, this. Like, dude, I just want to see how it rides. Does it get good gas mileage? You know, stuff like that. Does it get really shitty gas mileage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. You're next on your next one on your list. Um, Fear Street. Okay. Fear Street was something that pretty much came out of nowhere for me. Um, we kind of got adverts for, on Netflix literally two or three weeks before it was released. And to learn that we had three slasher movies that would debut in on consecutive weeks back to back was was great. And, you know, all right, it's kind of... It, it's, it's a super polished trilogy. Um, but... The fact that they're tipping their hat to the slasher genre uh, and having a lot of fun with it, and Chris Nelson's behind a lot of the effects work in this film as well, I thought was really cool. I thought, you know, it felt it felt like the slasher was relevant again. Uh, and so out of all three of them, I think 78 was probably my favourite, the way they captured that era and the kind of campfire slasher and... Um, 1666 was a little bit of a slog, but it kind of, the second half of it was, was decent. Um, and all in all, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was kind of, it was like, it was like a, an adult's version of Stranger Things for me. And, um, 
yeah, I, I thought there was some some great effects work in there from Chris Nelson again, as I said before, uh, and you know some really inventive kills and and the masks looked great and it was just a real surprise. It was just a nice surprise that that me and my wife sat down and watched over three consecutive weeks and and really enjoyed. I, I nothing else more to say about it than than we really really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's the that's number four on my list. Your enjoyment of fear street 78 has does it have anything to do with one of our favorite movies being released the same year would that be halloween oh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this will be the last uh episode of slaughterland podcast because this guy here here doesn't know what 1978 meant Maybe so. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I think um, the the thing was that the the nineteen seventy eight episode felt more like a Friday the Thirteenth film or the Burning or something like that. Yeah, than it did a Halloween film. Uh, but but yeah, no, it was it was definitely worth a watch, and I hope they do more of them. It's it's funny because we all know that through the history of horror movies and the history of slashers, each decade has its own different type of slasher. Mm, uh, sure, I think the yeah. late seventies. That was that was as little as he was in it. That was Michael's mm-hmm. late seventies. Yeah. Then Jason and Freddy took over the eighties, and then the nineties. It was Ghostface. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's good that you know a, a, a trilogy or a movie, if they're going to be set in that time, uh, puts the right slasher with it. A Ghostface yeah, yeah. wouldn't be able to survive in a seventy-eight. I don't think so. It look it would look weird. Yeah. Um it, Fear Street is one of those things that kind of where they where they really nailed the the sudden sort of, the sort of nostalgia side of things and they got the settings perfect much in the way the and clothing not, the attire was the same. Yeah, yeah. Very much similar in the way that American Horror Story and I haven't watched all of them all the series. I did watch the 1984 version and it did teleport me through to 1984. Especially uh, the opening like credits. Was, yeah, was... yeah, the opening credits were great. I, I felt like I was there, and 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 I thought that again they nailed a lot of that nostalgia that we all love from all those kind of eighty slasher films. And Fear Street did the same thing. Um, I, and I thought Fear Street did a better job of it than American Horror Story did. Fear Street yep. definitely my number four in uh, as a trilogy. I'm not kind of separating off any one particular film there but as a, as a bunch they're my that's my fourth favorite movie of 2021 good very good next on my list in the middle of the pact is none other than the movie we were waiting for for two years to come out halloween kills <laughs> uh at first i didn't know what to think about it we have a uh, a show based upon this, the best and worst of this movie. And uh, we also did a live episode of uh, talking about it, spoilers and non-spoilers. It's a movie. I walked out of the theater and I asked my wife, what did you think? She said she thought it was good. Not coming from a Halloween fan. Me as a Halloween fan and almost probably like an obsession with Halloween, I scratched my head. I did. I was like, what did I just watch? It's almost like uh, I didn't come out of... It's not like I came out of Rob Zombie's H2 and said, what the hell was that shit? I didn't, I didn't do anything <laughs> like that. 
But I scratched my head and said, this is what everybody was raving about? This is what the kept secrets and and everyone uh, said, I have a script right here and the script is fantastic. Well, pen to paper and screen to eyes, it's no, it didn't look like they executed it well. And then you and I watched it two or three or four more times and said, you know what? It's actually pretty good. Once I know the sh- the shit that I'm gonna watch in the middle of the sh- of the movie, if I could just go up and get a drink or a beer or go to the bathroom <laughs> and then come back, it's actually a good horror movie. It's actually yeah. a good yeah. um, Halloween movie. Part of I guess uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's universe. Uh, Christopher Nelson did an awesome job with effects, uh, especially some of the kills. You and I love that. Knife in the eye gag. <laughs> I'm tickled about it right now. It had suspense. It had atmosphere. Um, you could feel the cold uh, of October in this movie. If as long as you can get past that damn fucking evil dies tonight, you this is you you can get through Halloween Kills, and that's the way I thought. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, th- th- unfortunately, this hasn't made my top five i've i've got it down as an honorable mention um i i agree with you i thought it was um on on first watch i was i need i, I said to myself i need to watch this again like this um, right like, th- mm. yeah well not so much <laughs> like that but just d- slightly disappointed i think um the, uh, this sort of for me there was this huge sartain moment in the middle whereas mr Tivoli is his name, I think. Mr. Umbrella. Um, yeah, whatever he's called. Um, almost sinks the movie for me. Um, and then they they do they, they did this in Halloween 2018 with Sartain putting the mask on, and then they quickly corrected things. They killed him off. Like, they didn't really need to do that. It was just weird. Uh, and the same with this. It's, it, it's, it's a really odd moment, whereas... You know the whole play, the whole fucking building loses its mind, and then they kill him off. And it's like, what did you really have to do that? Um, I do, I don't know. I'm still indifferent about it. I don't think it's terrible. I there are elements of it that I really really love, um, and I didn't mind the final showdown in the street at the end with all the different, you know, with all the um, locals coming up to him with mm-hmm. different weapons. I really didn't mind that. Um, but it's the most vicious we've ever seen, Michael, I think. And like you say, you know, the, the knife in the eye moment is one of the best kills of the franchise. Again, you know, a lot of the... I didn't find it so 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 gory. It, I guess it is a gory kill, but I didn't find... It wasn't that that bothered me at all. It was that noise as the, as the knife goes in. Is the noise as the knife goes in, and also that kind of really fumbled attempt for of the guy to sort of function as he's got this knife in his brain. His brain's trying to connect it with the rest of his body, and you get that eye kind of <laughs> wandering around like that, which is, was just yeah, yeah. And when you watch how they filmed it on the extras for the mm-hmm. um, for the movie, it's it's a really clever little stunt that they do. It because none of it's CG; it's all practical. The way that they did it, and you know, it was all done with reversing um, the, the 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 footage and, and starting mm-hmm. with the eye with the knife in the eye and pulling it back, um, and then playing it 
the opposite way round, and, and you know, they, they did a great job of convincing us that that guy got knifed in the head, practically, and, and they did it, it was terrific. But the movie as a whole hasn't made it into my top five. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Halloween ends will this time next year. Um, my expectations are very low at the moment, and I'm going to keep them that way. Um, but we'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm not going to get on a tangent here. I think Darren and I have a future episode coming up of what we need to see and what to expect from Halloween ends. And while rehashing some of our our ill thoughts and what we saw on <laughs> Halloween Kills. Because if we start talking Halloween Kills now, this half-hour episode is going to turn into an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we actually will do that. We, uh, we will do that because we still got a lot to discuss. And, uh, yeah, we have it'd a be lot nice of, to do that. Yeah. We, have a lot of, we have a lot of opinions uh, about what we need to, uh, ex- what we need to expect. Um, so yeah, okay. But for me, Halloween Kills, you know, because I have to say, it was the movie, one movie I was waiting for, and I was actually glad to actually go to a theater and actually see it. All right, your your uh, next one on your list. So my next one was Army of the Dead. Um, uh, you know, I, I thought it was terrific. Really enjoyed this film, and you know, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder. I'm a huge fan of Dawn of the Dead, the original 1978, which is you know we differ on this a little bit. And it'd be good to do um, a, a YouTube episode on this at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder's remake, and so the anticipation for Army of the Dead was 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 huge for me. And um, although it does feel a little Michael Bay in parts and and over stylized, um, I did really enjoy it. I thought it was fun uh, and and well deserves my slot three on my on my list. Agreed. My next one coming. To the top was a movie I was uh, I heard about. Um, everyone said it was very good. Um, it was recommended to me. Um, it was it's a cross between High Tension, which is also called Switchblade Romance, and also Eight Millimeter, the uh, Nicolas Cage movie, which is actually pretty good as well. And so a cross between those two movies, and it's a British film called Censor. Uh, this movie. Well, it takes place, uh, I believe, during the 80s, during the Video Nasty era. And this woman, she's a censor for, what is it, the British Council of Moral Order or something it's, like yeah, that? It's, it's the British Ratings Board, the, B, the BBFC, they call it. Yeah. And she's, um, she's one of the censors, and she's writing down the list. But during this whole time as she's doing this, and she's watching some of these horrible, horrible movies, in her opinion. Uh, she's also remembering the disappearance of her sister. And she's having some kind of um, trauma, reliving it. And during these movies, she's looking for some clues that maybe her sister got kidnapped is, and is also being an actress inside one of these movies. And it was it actually turned out to be a good psychological horror it's a slow burn it's a very slow burn but toward the end holy shit (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a decent little British horror film, and and you know the fact that she's going through all these video nasties and sees this girl that she's convinced is her own sister who's taking part in a lot of them. Um, it's a really good plot idea. I had problems with the way they wrapped the movie up. It mm-hmm. kind of just it goes a little bit on a tangent for me. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really cool premise and, and really nicely executed in parts. You could see where I, I'm getting the 8mm and the high tension. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but that ending, I was just like, because they don't explore, they don't give you enough time with the ending to discover it yourself. You it's have really to like ambiguous. Almost, yeah. But then once you guess read up on it or you slow it down, you're like, oh, okay. I thought it was a, a decent, low budget, kind of, I don't want to say Hitchcockian because it's not, uh, but definitely a slow burn. And one. If I thought I was bored watching it, I couldn't stop watching it anyway because I was just like, I gotta find out what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no, it, it, I agree, it's good, and and it's one that I failed to put on my honorable mention list. But yeah, no, it's, it's not quite worthy of a slot in my top five, but you know, definitely, definitely recommended. Yeah. All right, your next one. Okay, so my next one is a probably little scene movie um from shudder which is called the queen of black magic and it's a kind of a a little known have you seen it okay it's this little known mexican movie about the owner of an orphanage um who's on his deathbed and multiple families that he has i guess brought raised i guess um are all invited to come and join him for his sort of dying moments and while they're in this orphanage, just all hell breaks loose and they all start going nuts and various things happen. There's kind of a really sort of ghostly element to it all. It's part slasher, it's part shock horror, it's, it's body horror. There's all sorts going on. Um, and it also has one of the kind of creepiest moments that I think I've ever seen in, in horror cinema. Um, which I won't give away, but it involves a, a bus. You you guys have to watch this movie. It's free on Shudder to watch. It, it is subtitled, if you don't mind subtitled movies. So um, I would definitely recommend watching it because it will mess with you for sure. You recommended it to me not too long ago. Yeah, I think, I think uh, a while ago I'd recommend it to you. But you and know, I ignored you. you. Yeah, and, you did. Uh, you paid no <laughs> notice to me whatsoever. So. <laughs> so what the hell does he know? Um uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it because uh, before I get to my number one, uh, a lot of people have recommended that one. There's this one called uh, Titan, which is, stands for titanium. I watched it last night. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that. People said good things about it. Uh, it is it, fucked up. <laughs> right up my alley. Right up my alley. French I like extreme <laughs> body horror Excellent. movie. It's because I've seen the kid in the headgear as a yeah, still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's, you should watch it. It's, it's, it's interesting. And it won the Palm Door at Cannes. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but it is really, really fucked up. 
Um, I'm gonna. I'll probably enjoy if it's that fucked up. I'm also gonna watch Antlers eventually. Oh yeah, Antlers. Yeah, I haven't and seen Antlers yet. I gonna put right now on my honorable mention list: Werewolves Within. Yes. Yeah. I good, thought that good. was a good isolation movie, uh, and the characters were all fun. Um, especially um, Lily, the AT&T girl, as she's known over here. Uh, she's great. She, she is great. She is great. Uh, yeah, I thought I had fun with that. You know, you and I enjoy a good werewolf movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, there was high hopes for it. It wasn't, it wasn't high on my list. It just made my honorable mention. But it's not a terrible werewolf movie. It's not. It's, it's actually fun. It's fun, but it's not. It's not American Werewolf in London or The Howling. It's not that. Um, but the the highest one on my list is not even a movie. It's a documentary, and that oh. is and that is called Boris Koloff, the Man Behind the Monster. It is. It came out in September of this year, and. They have interviews with John Landis and Guillermo del Toro is on there talking about the impact Boris Koloff has made on the horror uh, genre and what this man had went through and had become, uh, you know, how he paved the way for monster movies and a very sad, uh, a very sad um documentary in some parts where his daughter is on there talking about the one part of filming Frankenstein uh, that he didn't want in the film and that was throwing the little girl inside uh, you know the lake yep. and his daughter said he actually had problems with that and he still remembers it for years and wish he never filmed it uh, but then a lot of uh, the historians and a lot of uh, directors said well they originally they, you just see Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster go and try to grab the girl, smiling, and then it cuts to a boy or a man, her father, carrying her in the streets. Well, it looks like, you know, the monster raped her. It looked like he killed her like that. You know, yeah, it, it yeah. just it ruined it. Uh, but it's a good documentary for anyone who's interested in learning about Boris Koloff from, you know, other directors uh, from his daughter. And it's very sad uh, what the man actually went through uh, to become the man he is. And he's a Brit. Yeah. <laughs> his name Did is you know Pratt. <laughs> his name's Billy Pratt. <laughs> if that was not a Brit name, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I knew he was British. Um, I haven't seen the documentary. You, I will watch it though. That's that's kind of that's that's interesting that you you mentioned that um, because I have seen it, you know, on different streaming services and stuff, um, but I've never actually rented it yet. So I, mm -hmm. I should do because uh, I think I would find something like that really interesting. Um, are you a fan of Boris Koloff and the yeah, makeup of Frankenstein? I, I, yeah, Jack yeah, Pierce. I, 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 yeah, of course, of course. You know, I love anything like that. You know, horror history or, you know, biography um, uh, kind of documentaries. A man who made an impact on probably as an actor and also as a, a character. He, he said he didn't mind being uh, typecast. Mm. And he said he got the best advice from none other than Lon Chaney Sr. 
probably the number one Hollywood makeup guy and actor at that time. Yeah. Saying, you know, gave him a ride one day and said, um, do the job better, do the job that nobody else wants to do, and do it better than that person would ever do. Yeah. I mean, you look at somebody like Christopher Lee, for example, who spent his whole career being typecast as, as, as Count Dracula. Uh, and or any other character in in Hammer horror films, and then during the last sort of ten fifteen years of its career, had the absolute time of his life. He'd Lord of the Rings. He'd Star Wars. He'd um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know all those <laughs> movies that he did in the kind of last few years of his career. Terrific. You know he he was in a few Tim Burton movies, and yeah. good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's terrific. Yeah. So anyone looking to learn about Boris Koloff or the uh, Frankenstein's monster or the mummy and anything uh, about old 1930s universal monsters, check out Boris Koloff, the man behind the monster. It is an absolute treasure of a documentary about a man who paved the way and was the inspiration for so many Hollywood A-listers today. Good stuff. I shall do that for sure. All right, your final one. Yeah, I've got one honorable mention um, before I talk about my number one film, um, and that is um, Wrong Turn, which I thought was a decent remake. Um, Slightly different to what the original movie was. Um, Written by Alan B. McElroy, who wrote Halloween 4, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he did a really good job, and I I thought it was really well made. You know, it had a decent cast. Um, it um, had a, a great twist ending, and I do hope they do more of them. Uh, and some some really decent kind of effects work in there as well. Some good kills. So yeah, whilst you know it it didn't kind of make it into my top five, I think for the simple fact that it wasn't anything original or that I hadn't seen before. Um, I, I, I did enjoy it, and, and, you know, I shall look forward to the wrong turn, too, if they're going to do it. it. It didn't have any of those he'll have eyes, you know, tip of the hats in it. like and, Or I remember the first one where that guy with the knife, uh, one of the inbreds, you know, was going... <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, is he ever going to fucking stop that? <laughs> They all those those original <laughs> wrong turn films were almost kind of like a slightly comic book, weren't they? Yeah, they were like um, a laugh. There wasn't much. They, they weren't particularly s- scary. I think there was swinging t- from tree houses and shit. Yeah, the tongue was a little bit in the cheek with some of those kind of um, <laughs> you know those early wrong turn films. And you know, I, to be, in all honesty, I gave up after I think the second one. Uh, I didn't see any more of them. I think they did five or six, didn't they? You didn't want to see a uh, an inbred uh, wear someone's face in order to attract her boyfriend. <laughs> I get too much of that where I live. <laughs> <laughs> My number one film, um, uh, horror film of 2021, drum roll, is a movie that really split everybody. Um, uh, people coming out saying it was awful. They didn't. They couldn't watch it all. Other people saying it was fantastic. I really loved. Malignant. I loved the idea. I loved the. I loved the music in the film. 
I loved the the fact that, you know, two-thirds of the way through, it turns into this kind of mad, crazy action horror film with these kind of really highly stylized, choreographed um, set pieces. The prison sequence, for one, which I thought that... The breakout, that yes. was, yeah. Yeah, was terrific. And, and James Wan's introduced us to a new character, Gabriel. So I really hope that they... You know, they do something more with this. I know that it unfortunately again was kind of the victim to the pandemic and um, it didn't probably do as well as they'd hoped. But Malignant for me was, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the kind of conjuring universe stuff. Um, and and this was kind of like something different. I just thought it was really, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't particularly scary. I had fun with it. I didn't sort of, it didn't want to make me look away from the screen at any part, but I loved the fact that they they just kind of knocked it up a gear in the last third and we got this ridiculous kind of action horror film, which I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. I thought it was really well choreographed and, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like a horror version of The Matrix or something. It was it was really peculiar and, and something that stayed with me afterwards. So, yeah, Malignant gets the number one spot for me. The young actress who uh, played Gabriel, you know, and she's a professional contortionist and gymnast and all these. The way her body moves (laughs) on screen. And during that, like you said, during the police station breakout scene, you didn't want it to end. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. I mean, uh, granted, there's some CGI in there. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, I I can't get up out of a chair without hearing something crack. (laughs) And the way this is the way that young actress and that professional did some of these workings of her body. It it made me cry. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's nicely executed. I know there's a lot of people that when that started to happen, they were just right. I'm out. I'm not not buying into this shit. I just I just went with it and had fun. I thought it was great fun, and um, I thought it was a really interesting character. Um, I have seen, you know, we've seen versions of this film before done in the past. Things like Basket Case. I don't know if you remember those from the yeah. early eighties, where that guy had a kind of twin brother growing out of his shoulder and kind of went on a rampage with it. I brought up that sex scene in part two, and you were actually getting kind of turned on a little bit there in Basket Case too. <laughs> Little little nephews and un- and, and uh, nieces coming out. They're like this big, and one person steps on them. Yeah. So the idea of having a conjoined twin like that isn't anything new, but I've never seen it executed like this before. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, then you were probably a fan of uh, Stuck on You with Matt Damon and uh, Greg Kinnear, huh? <laughs> That was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> it's the what same bloody thing, awful really. Film that was. <laughs> uh, seeing the the brother in the shot too, you know, he's just <laughs> they're just ignoring him. <laughs> That's it. Stuck on you. The malignant is the sequel to Stuck on You. How about that? No, no, no. no. Okay, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was our top five movies of 2021. Um, again, these are the movies that we only saw. Uh, but if you saw a movie that's different and is in your top five, 
you know, just put your list down in the comments. We want to know because when you guys put a list of your top five or top movies that you saw, um, Darren and I will actually go back and actually look at them and say, oh, yeah, oh I've yeah. never seen that. Let's let's take a look at it. And if they're worthy enough, we'll discuss them. Yeah. You know, definitely. we'll have a fun you, time. You guys have... You guys have converted us before, for sure. You know, into to watching movies that we haven't seen, or 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 relooking at movies that that we haven't seen for a long time. So, yeah, definitely. If you've got something that you that we've missed off that you think we'd enjoy, stick it in the comments for sure. And if anyone in the comments puts Halloween the extended cut, Halloween kills the extended <laughs> cut. Just don't even bother. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Uh, but I hope everyone had a good Christmas and, you know, as, as, uh, what's his name would say in trading, uh, places, uh, uh, Billy Ray Valentine, Merry New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, folks. <laughs> we'll see you in a little bit. Take care. Hey, we didn't sign off. <laughs> oh, and as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>